the place for you to learn all things you need about becoming the healthiest and best version of you possible. I'm your host, Michael Sack, and I'd love to welcome you to the It All Starts With You podcast, where ambitious people come to learn all about healthy habits mindset, nutrition, and everything around becoming the best you. So today we've got Patrick Fan connected through social media. And after doing a bit of stalking and seeing your content and all of that, I was like, I like this dude. This guy is really interesting and wanted to hear your story so with no further ado the ball is in your court give us a rundown now how did you get into personal development in the first place i appreciate the the warm welcome michael always such a fascinating question i think everyone most people that get into self-development have a a moment of impact in their lives or something that that changes them Mm. i think for me that was uh in a relationship where i was happy but not fulfilled Right. And essentially, I'd done all the right things, went to school and went to uni, um, you know, started to have a relationship with someone, mm. um, tried to be the best, most kindest, nicest person in the world. And mm. I, I guess I never really stood up for myself in, in that space. I just tried to keep pleasing everyone else. Okay. And so at, at that sort of point, the relationship turned pretty sour and I had to make a decision of whether or not I wanted to move forward or not. Yeah, I totally get that. Why don't you uh, unpack that a little bit? You're trying to please other people, but not yourself. Unpack that a little bit. So there's sort of two types of people. You're either someone that's very selfish or someone that's very uh, for other people, I believe, Um, at, at least at a ground level. And so for me, I was trying to please everyone else in my life. So the girlfriend at the time, you know, family, friends. And I got so caught up, you know, trying to please everyone that I never said no to anyone. I never really set any hard boundaries and I never did anything for me because I guess within that relationship, it was as if we were like connected at the hip. Like we spent 90% of the time unless I was working or need to sleep. Mm. Okay. So you were spending all, all this time with this one girl but deep down you wanted to do something different what what was that what exactly was that i think in every situation we've got like a gut or our, our intuition and there was something within that relationship it turned quite bad and i guess at a certain point i was like do i have a choice to stay in this position and be here with this person and work through this and that could be it for the next 20 years or 40 years and would things change or not? Or I decide I've given this enough time and I want to move on to something else or something different to this person. Sure. And so essentially I decided I, I wanted to move on. It was kind of the right timing, end of uni, new phase, new chance to grow. So you finished uni, the relationship was over. What was your... With every relation, with every relationship that people go through, you go through these different phases, and every person's 
journey to healing of themselves per se is a very different but what was your mindset like at that stage because these are two very big moments that it's like oh, okay uni is done this relationship is done where was your mindset at at that stage in your life it was at the point where i was like it's, it's only going to get better from here it was really okay. yeah like there's got to be something that can change something that can shift i'd stopped study I, I was one of the types of people that would go to uni you know do the work but like not really enjoy what i did it was just following the path mm. you know something that you thought you were kind of good at would make you money would make you happy and follow that that journey so i was like yeah i want to get into the workforce i want to start making money i want to stop studying i want to just get out there and just give it everything essentially and okay. by not having that relationship that was almost holding me back i just let loose and in probably like a very positive way because at that time I was about 97 kilos. So I was very unfit, unhappy, um, unfulfilled and something needed to change. And so I put everything into work and getting fit. So you put, you threw yourself into, you threw yourself into work and all of that. But how are you healing yourself after after this relationship? Because obviously there must have been some type of an impact that leaving that relationship had on your health. How was I healing myself? I think it was almost putting me first. Right. And it was a case of a case of trying to put me first and trying to almost forget and use use that bad relationship as uh, motivation in Interesting. Uh, a healthy unhealthy way so essentially for me because i started work early at about 6 30 in the morning i had to travel there now to work i had to get up at about 3 30 in the morning to be able to get to the gym to come home to then have breakfast and then go to work and then it really wasn't much to the rest of the day at that point in time and so it was almost like forgetting everything else i like putting myself into like a my own little bubble Okay. when you, you, you said you were going to you were going to work what were you doing for work at the time um, so at the time i was a an engineer a civil engineer amazing okay yeah cheers what was your i'm curious so what made you interested in civil engineering in the first place i was good at maths yeah i was like designing stuff and everyone okay. said they made some decent money so i thought Decent money, good at math. I could get into the course. Yeah. Seemed the most logical option when I really didn't know what I wanted. Okay. And at which stage did you realize that this is not what I'm after? When was that aha moment for you? I think it's kind of in a point of when you just have exchanging your time for money is a big thing. Like here's all my time i can't make anything more than having extra time and it was a book that a, a friend at the time gave me the four-hour work week yeah that it kind of sparked my interest and like it sounds like you've read it as well and so there's mm. a lot of really cool and interesting ideas that i wanted to do but then at that point in time there's no structure there's no nothing except for an idea 
Okay. So the seed was planted in your mind. You read the book. After reading this book, where did this lead you to? So it led me to, I guess, want to explore different ideas, ways to make money, you know, while you sleep, while you're doing other things, while you're, um, you know, not just putting in your time so that essentially that time, one hour doesn't mean $20 or $30 or whatever that number is. Yeah. That could mean $1,000, you know, $10,000 because it's something of a greater picture and you can sort of uh, exponentially go. It's not just a linear, more time, more money. So that obviously sparked some type of, <laughs> I don't want to use the word entrepreneur because it's that word is used and abused by absolutely everybody. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, but it, I see it as a title that you earn because you're doing the do you're not it's not a title it's not this thing that you just slap onto facebook and all of a sudden you're this hardcore driven entrepreneur but at this book got your entrepreneurial mind really taking over what where was your thinking at that stage where was my thinking it was yeah. it was in a, a spot of how do I convert what I'm currently doing now into something that can help uh, me and others long term? Okay. Um, what's what's that thing that's going to set me up for a family for the future for something more than just working a, a set amount of hours a week and then going home for a set amount of hours a week that I could have less or more and that was in my control and so. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. The power of, it's a, interesting when someone goes through a journey of self-reevaluation and you have this brilliant idea or this brilliant book that's really a catalyst a lot of really good things that can come from it, but it can also be a rude kick in the ass because like with everything, there's pros and cons to there's pros and cons to everything. So you're now at the thinking of, okay, I want to set myself up. I want to be a helping other people. What happens next? What happens next? I guess I, I sit on it for a little while. I explore... Uh, a lot of standard options like stock markets, you know, real estate, any sort of scheme or idea that could potentially make money on the site. Um, the idea of, you know, websites, like, and this was just touching bases. And then um, I guess I sat on it for a couple of years and kind of looked at myself and what I wanted uh, within that, because I guess the business and the financial situation is just one part of the life. If, if, if you go to the grave trying to put everything into your business, then, then you miss out on something. And so I guess it almost took a back burner for a little while, but like there was something inside me that something needs to change here. And it was like a hard thing to grapple with. How do I do that? How do I make that work? Are you a planner vendor or are you a fire aim and get to work kind of thing? I'm a... 
a let's get action. And then I go, oh, okay, we're a bit out of my depth. So come back and like do a bit of a plan and then action it afterwards. So I'm like, this is so exciting. I love this. I get on that bandwagon and then realize I'm out of my depth. So I just need a bit of help before I actually start swimming again. Asking for help. Really, really cool. Irrelevant of of whichever industry that you're in, you look for someone that has done it before you and you pay for their services so you don't make the same fuck-ups as they did. So asking for help, really, really cool. At that stage, were you looking for a mentor as well? Um, At that stage, I wasn't. I, I didn't really know who I was looking for or what I was looking for. Mm. I guess the mate that gave me that book was just giving me ideas and he had that similar mindset and was doing stuff, you know, reasonably successfully, but not to the level that I really wanted at that point in time. But at least gave me that idea. It gave me that spark. It gave me that, I like to call them like moments of impact, like things at points in your life where things change to sort of set me down a different path. So at that point in time, I was just lost at sea. Oh, so what was that moment for you? The, the moment where I decided that I needed to, to get some help and someone to mentor. You mentioned just now a moment in time that will change the direction of your life. What was that moment for you? So I think there was lots of different moments. That, that initial one for me, was that relationship at the very start and then I guess every sort of point on that so I guess it was like I was going down and then there was that major moment of impact I was like this like is what I'm be. like what there, like a relationship what was that moment no, no, after, after that relationship I, it was ah <laughs> uh, sorry uh it was the idea okay. of, because I was working full-time I was working like one and a half times the job so 55 hours a week I didn't have time to work it out myself and it took me a long time to realize I just didn't have the time to just figure it out for myself I needed to go and speak to someone what do you mean um so you you either like you said before you, you got to pay for help so you've got two options uh, which is what, what one of my mentors keeps coming back to is you either pay for it or you pay for it. So you either pay with money or you pay with time. And so I was paying for it with time at that point in time. Okay. I was going around in circles and trying to save money by not, by spending my time. Okay. So at which stage did you get, did you get your mentor? I got my first mentor probably about a year and a half ago. Okay. About a year and a half ago. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. You're an engineer. You wanted to change your life. You've had these certain touch points on the way. Where did you go after that? What did you do? I guess within that that phase of uh, an understanding of the, the four-hour work week, one of the goals that someone mentioned to me that they weren't in their life, like I mentioned, the, the different points on your circle, was like to run a, a marathon. Um, and so that was like an activity, it was an adventure, it was something out there. And I was sick of gym at that point. So I was like, I might as well run. 
like I enjoyed it when I was doing it. Um, and so I wasted probably some time on my business or trying to explore that by exploring what I could do in the fitness area. Found, I guess, triathlon through that, looking at that area of my life. And you got tired of doing, of going to the gym. You wanted to do the triathlon. And I'm guessing that there was some type of competition that guessing that there was some type of race that you wanted to do at, at that stage? Yeah, I, I guess I wanted to try it out to start with, see if it's something that I wanted to do, whether it's, I liked it because I could swim, riding was okay, and I liked running. So you become a, like an element of your environment. And so as I was trying to train for this marathon, I was doing it with a whole bunch of people that did triathlons and Ironmans. And so that almost sort of became the norm. I was like, oh, this, this stuff's pretty cool. Mm. And so I got into it and started it. And I guess at that point, I was never really excited by like finishing first place or like putting all this time and effort in to come to try and aim for a podium or to win a race. I just wanted to keep growing and expanding myself. I kept up, upping the how long I'd do it for. It was a small one, which was like a sprint and then an Olympic and then a half Ironman, eventually having a crack at the full Ironman. What was your experience of like doing the full Ironman? Hard. In what way? There's something, because it's so long, there's always something that happens. There's always things that you have to deal with, like so and uncontrollable. And what? essentially, I wanted to improve my bike and the, my position on the bike. And so I got like a bike fit and adjustment to the way I'd done a lot of the training. And that was about a month out from the Ironman. Okay. So I did all the training, did all the work, was so prepared and smashed the swim in an hour, smashed the bike in five and a half hours, which was like half an hour quicker than what I thought. So I was That's like, amazing. bike fit was like the best investment of my like time and effort. And then I think I was about five, 10 Ks into the run, odds just started hurting because- As you do. Yeah, it does. Like you've been, you already done a 3.8 K swim and 180 K bike ride which is fucking crazy to think about go on (laughs) (laughs) and so like because of the way my position on the bike shifted it was using more quads than it was my calves and so Mm. because my quads were working harder um because of the bike change my body wasn't used to that extra pressure and so during the run like my quads were just gone like they just felt shot Mm. and so I had to sort of deal with that on the fly with it being like 31 degrees in Western Australia and trying to keep moving forward, essentially. How were you talking yourself through this? Because I've heard that the people that do these triathlons, it's more of the mental journey itself. It's you're on the road it's just you and your own head. So it's a, like everyone is going through their own journey per se, but what were you telling yourself when all of this was happening? I, I guess I just like believed that I could do it. Like it, mm. it's, it sounds super simple, but based on all the training, all the, the experience I had, I believed that I could go out and get my, my target goal and it was a case of like visualizing it, like um, mm. myself in that position going, 
I can I can put myself running down the, the end shoot with all the carpet and the, the signs and the people and almost like to prove to myself that I could do something most people only dream of. Visualization is a is a big thing, but there's a process with a in that for the people that are going to be listening to this, how do you visualize your end goal? Uh, so at that point in time, I, I really wasn't have any ideas. I think it was like I would, whenever I was training for it or whenever times got hard, mm-hmm. I, I'd pitch myself on that finishing line. I pitch myself knowing that um, something harder would happen in the race, that I'd have to be prepared for it. Um, and so it would be a case of going to that moment in the future mm. and linking like a good emotion to that, which is, a, sorry, yeah. go on. so it was like, for me, when times got tough in the training, mm. I'd be like, wow, because of this, I'm going to be able to like finish it. And so whenever I felt unsure or uneasy about what I'd done, whether or not I could do it, I'd almost like bring up the vision in my head and go, that's what I'm doing. Like it's almost already done. Mm. I was, uh, I was going to ask, do you attach an emotion to the end goal? And that's really fascinating. So you finished, you finish this race, which is, which is a huge achievement. What did you want to do afterwards? Afterwards, I just wanted to rest and just like <laughs> anything. I, I had to walk like, down the stairs backwards because my quads were that sore uh, for at least like two or three days. I looked like I'd lost the plot. Yeah, after that, I sort of had a, a choice. And for me, it came down to like figuring out what did I value most? Mm-hmm. I could go back and try and get a faster time or I could do something else or I could just stop. So I guess I asked, what, what's my number one value? What's the thing that is important to me? And that was experiences. Okay, so what was... You talk about values and different experiences. And what was what was something that you wanted to experience? Like what were your experiences that you wanted to to have? There was no experience that I wanted to have, but I just like like to explore and to do things differently. Um, like the term that I, I sort of heard of was like a, a life resume. What do I want to look back in my life and say that I've accomplished? And I can keep going back and do an Ironman race as I could do something different. And so for me, that's like different and to have different experiences to do trail running. So it's different environments, different hills, different trees, as opposed to Ironman, which is like a power or a goal focus, like just straight to a point. It was almost not really worrying about anything else except for time and how fast you could go and enjoy it. So what did you do? So what did you do after? I mean, obviously after the race, you relaxed and this and that. But what did you do afterwards? What was the what was the next thing that you wanted to experience? Um, so the next thing I wanted to do was like ultra running, okay. which is like an ultra marathon. Um, so anything more than a forty-two point two k kilometer marathon. You have the great David Goggins and you have, there are so many other guys that swear by, swear by it because at the end of the day, you're having guys that are doing 
huge distance, like 300 plus kilometers, 400 plus kilometers of these ultra marathons. And it again comes to you and your thoughts and just being about yourself and pushing it through those boundaries. Once you, once you experience all of that, you've done all, all these crazy things. When did you leave your corporate gig to start doing your own thing? Um, so it was a, a couple of months ago now. Amazing. Uh, I started that to follow this coaching that I'm more passionate about to help others and see the change that I did in my sort of last couple of years. And so what do you teach your clients? So it's all around mindset and how you're able to achieve things. It's around, you know, breaking stuff down. How do you go from something small like running a five-kilometer park run up to, you know, an ultramarathon and okay. be able to take that perspective and bring it into a business, into your own life, into different aspects? Um, because I feel like an ultramarathon is almost like life. It's like you, okay. you got to keep going. you got to keep going. And things will pop up that you don't know about. Things will happen that um, you're unsure about. But you just got to keep getting through because there's waves. Like you either get sort of high times or sort of some dark times. But you just got to keep thinking your way through and enjoy the process. Interesting. You talk about the process. Coaching it in itself and taking the leap into that, it, it can be extremely, not daunting, but you're going into something that is unknown, going from corporate and predictable and you know how much you're going to get and all of that to, to something very uncertain. At which stage did you say, fuck this, I'm just going to jump in? What was the catalyst for you to jump from one thing to the other? Um, I think at that point in time, the project that I was on, it just um, was causing me all sorts of problems. And like what? Uh, it was like I wasn't enjoying work. Um, I think for me, I, I, I've got a theory, the 80-20 rule, you can apply to anything. And it, it's the idea that, you know, in this circumstance, I wasn't enjoying 80% of the time, but 20% I was enjoying it. Mm. And I was like, I don't really want to keep living in that space mm. um, as opposed to someone that's enjoying it 80% of the time, but only 20% that they don't enjoy it. And mm. so I got to the point where I was like, do I want to keep doing this? Like when is going to be the right time? Because you can keep searching, you can keep waiting, you know, a year's time, six months. It's just time at the end of the day. Mm. you got to risk it at some point. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And now you're coaching full-time. Is that right? Yeah. Amazing. And you've been doing it for a couple of months. How has your life changed? Good and bad. Um, so the uncertainty around it, it's harder to deal with than knowing that you're going to get a certain amount of money at each week, each fortnight. It puts a lot more emphasis on yourself to, to make it happen and 
to be able to take more control of who you are and what, what you want to do and what you want to share with other people and to be able to help others. Really, really, really interesting. You're hearing a lot more now professional athletes that are getting mindset coaches not our only athletes but our high performing individuals in their area of expertise are getting people to help them or work on their mindset because our results cannot only go so far it's the story that we tell ourselves in order for things to change and incrementally improving ourselves one percent every day so it's now a growing thing and more than and more than anything so you've stated you've stated that uncertainty what are some of the pros you've experienced in these last couple of months so i think one point i want to touch on that you mentioned was the story that we tell ourselves Mm. it's a super important thing to be aware of the voice and the stories that we tell ourselves in each situation Absolutely. and know whether or not we can handle it or not. Uh, I'm sure you've had some value in that if, it, if it's resonated with you so far. Absolutely. And so I thought people get stuck in the wrong story, the wrong, the one that doesn't have the right ending for them. That is, you know, a whole bunch of excuses, a whole bunch of reasons as to why, haven't done something or that's stopping them from doing something more Mm. yeah we're we're storytelling machines it's a reason why when we are kids we get told stories because we resonate with it but later in life we're not aware of the stories that, that we're telling ourselves. And at any given stage, we can rewrite our own stories. It, be it put it on a piece of paper and look at it on a daily basis, be it something physical, financial, or whatever, whatever it is is super fascinating so clearly you've rewritten your own story about your own success about having a life resume having all these things that you want which is fucking epic (laughs) appreciate that Uh, it's my pleasure wrapping up if you could tell a new athlete that's about to run their own race what would you tell them what would i tell an athlete that is about to start and run their own race i think like a big race like a big one yeah it it comes down to belief and the ability to be able to back yourself at the end of the day to Mm -hmm. know that you can handle the pressure the, the ideas anything that comes your way and that you just need to ride the wave and that you know the longer the race goes, the longer the events are. The one key takeaway that I've taken out of the ultramarathons that I've run mm. is that things always turn. There's always mm. a moment up ahead, no matter how dark, no matter how you know lost you might feel, there's always a point that things start to turn and start working for you. You've got to start to believe that that'll start to happen because it won't happen until you believe and trust that you just almost surrender 
to, to the race, to the, to the moment and just go all in. I uh, love it. Yeah. I love it. For those that want to find you on socials, where can they find you? Uh, so on Instagram, it's farnan.patrick. And then on my, uh, my Facebook, it's just Patrick Farnan, just sharing everything through, I guess, my uh, personal um, stuff at the moment because it's a personal journey sometimes that mm. we, uh, we want to share our stories at the end of the sure. day yeah. uh, to be able to help people and to be able to you know, help other people grow. Mm. Um, because I think, like I said at the start, we're, we're either like selfish or we're other people focused. And it's almost like that where the best parts in life mix is like when you can mix the two, where you get yourself sorted, mm. you can handle your own stuff and you can help other people in the process. Um, and that, that's kind of like the thing that I feel like we're looking for. Beautiful. Patrick, I really appreciate your time and diving into what you're about and what you're doing. Absolutely love what you're doing and I want to bring as much, as many eyes to you as humanly possible. So once again, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for jumping on and yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Appreciate that, Michael. Appreciate for your time. It's been an interesting conversation to explore some of these topics and ideas to hopefully inspire some others. Thanks, mate. Thanks. All right. See everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Would mean the world to me if you left a five-star written review and subscribers so we can all make a bigger impact together.